0: There
1: is. didn't want to lose the applause there folks so gotta have the applause there otherwise this wouldn't be the show it is I'm Fred McMurray it's Thursday it's 4 pm. central which means this must be Yes folks, it's another great Thursday I'm with my co-host Ray Pillar and Elizabeth Denham It's time to talk weather And then we'll get to our cool guest Hey Elizabeth,
2: how you doing? Good yeah, how are You friend? It's hot here in Aurora, Illinois It's
3: hot, and
2: it's going to stay hot For a while, and not looking forward to it, but you know, it's crazy weather.
1: It's July in Chicago. What else would you expect it to be?
2: Exactly, yes, yes. It's 93 and a half degrees right now, and uh, I expect it to go a little higher before the end of the day. Too hot to do anything outside. So, how are you, Elizabeth?
3: Good. It's hot here too in Alabama. Um, we're in the 90s. Uh, my weather app says it feels like 102 and I believe it. Um, so the only thing you want to do outside is to the pool, but our pool water has actually started turning warm, which is a little early in the year. Usually it's August. Um, it's still not, you know, bath water yet, but it's uh, getting close. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Fred?
1: Well, if you look in my background, you'll see what it's been like most of the day. Um, mid to high 60s, overcast, probably. Way with it.
2: Yeah. But you have June, June and
1: July? Have June and July? Boom, yeah, that's what they call it here. Me, I call it Chicago.
2: You know, Chicago on the big day. <laughs> Well, it's funny here, unfortunately, I couldn't use so you uh,
0: guys.
2: What can I say? You, you, so what what, what, what do we owe the honor of your presence? I mean, usually you're, you're hiding behind this, the screen, well, flipping all the levers and everything, you know. Well, I'm still going to flip all the leather, lev- le- 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 levers,
1: but it's today's guest. Um, today, today's oh. guest is very special. Um, met her many, many moons ago. Um, and uh, she, I guess you could say, helped me push along in building my LinkedIn network. So today we're going to talk about LinkedIn a lot. So our guest today is Lori Ruff. Lori, um, when I met Lori, she was, I don't know, number five on Forbes' list of most connected women on Earth. How far off did I get it, Lori? Uh, Pretty close. Nice close.
4: Next woman, I'm on think I was six when uh, when I met you, and then um, not long after that, uh, number three, um, and that was that was about it because uh, the maximum number of uh, connections you could have is thirty thousand, and that's what I what I hit.
0: Stacy today far was number one, uh, and, uh, but yet I noticed when I looked at the profile
1: for today.
4: You were at thirty-three thousand followers. Because now we can have followers with
0: oh, yeah,
4: articles. Yeah, they, uh, people yeah. can follow your articles and follow your activities without actually connecting to you, and that's really, really special, especially for people who don't want to connect to everybody, but they want the exposure to their content to their ideas. Um, People who might want to, I don't want people to see my contact information, but I want you know my vendors or my prospects. Um, you, know, you can set that up in the settings. You know, if they are not full connected, you can change the settings.
1: All right, so we've already started into the LinkedIn talk, and we have to—I'm sorry—I got to reel us back because Ray needs to ask a question right away.
2: Yeah, where are you at, Laurie? (laughs) 90
4: degrees. (laughs) Yeah, in the foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains, the Blue Ridge and Rocky
0: Mountain
4: sections all come together right in this region. And the, um, the James River flows through here. So beautiful, beautiful place. We never get really severe weather unless it comes up from the south. And, you know, every now and then it, every now and then it does. Um, but it's it's gorgeous. It's a little humid today. Uh, it feels like 91. <laughs> yeah,
2: uh, that's a beautiful area. I visited that area last year. And, uh, I, you know, it's easy to fall in love with, that's for sure.
4: The Blue Ridge Parkway is about 20 minutes from where I live. Yeah. Just down the first, you go through the Deep Gap and back up, and the first overlook is like a picnic area, and there's this little path through the through the woods, and you think, "Wow, where's this lead?" You go about 100 feet, and there's this big outcrop, and you, you you walk up two steps onto the rock. And you've got a view of the Shenandoah Valley. You can literally see all three mountain ranges. You can see West Virginia and Tennessee, and of course, Virginia. You can see the Smoky Mountains from from there. And on a beautiful day in October, you'll see a bald eagle out there oh,
0: just yeah,
4: yeah. Today, the monarch butterflies on top of the Blue Ridge Mountains.
2: And, and then the the colors at that time of the year too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's just, uh, wow. It's just that uh, you've got to look at it with your mouth hanging open because there's no other way. It's just absolutely I gorgeous.
4: Try not to because, you know, there's a little gnats up there. <laughs> they, they, will, they will find it open mouth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> fun, fun. I yes. oh.
1: <laughs> Elizabeth, you've been quiet. Jump in there.
3: <laughs> with the gnats and the open mouth. <laughs> My daughter actually lives in Lexington, Virginia, so we've, we've been up to the Blue Ridge Parkway a few times traveling up to see her, so I'm, I am very familiar with that area. It's gorgeous. Yeah, just
4: on the other side of the, just on the, other side of the mountain over there. Yeah. Sounds no, thorough. It's not that. Bad. Yeah,
3: we'll actually be up there next week to move her to D.C., so.
4: <laughs> Stop. I mean, Lexington is like a 45-minute drive from here. I, I can move. You know, yeah. it's, it's beautiful. So we will touch base after the show. But I'll tell you what, Elizabeth, this is what you got to know about me. Well-made women, rarely make history. <laughs> I make it a point to always be good, but rarely be well-behaved. Which there's
3: a distinct difference. That's yeah, definitely something I've tried to teach my girls, too. <laughs> yeah. I
1: always just try to be yeah. annoying. So, you know.
3: Well, you know. So you can be There's good. at that.
1: I'm good at being annoying. Just ask
3: my partner.
4: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, I think uh, I think um, a lot of people take business serious. That's okay. That's good. If they want to, if they want to be serious, when they land on my profile, it doesn't take them very long to get down to know that I'm really good at what I do. I'm a diva, not a not a prima donna. Um, although, you know, the last three years, um, Fred and I have been through. Both been through some things. Um, I lost my husband in 2018, but I went on leave of absence from from working in February 2017 um, because I have multiple um, autoimmune disorders, rheumatoid arthritis, invited Lupus out for a picnic and it never left. Um, And then fibromyalgia and migraine headaches, the likes of which Um, it causes me to have slurred speech which I didn't realize until my daughter told me. And I said, you, you could have told me before now. And she said, I thought you knew.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> I can't, I can't hear it until way later. And, in, in, you know, it's, it's like hours into it before I'm realizing I can't really talk well and articulate. Um, but the beauty in all that, having left and, um, been through the last three years and then coming back out. I, I was able to finish my book, The Five-Minute Drill. actually remembered to keep one this time because I can't keep them. You know, I, asked the, I asked the publisher to, to send me some um, and, you know, they're not here yet. Um, I haven't actually gotten any from the publisher yet. No. The author did. But you know being able to finish this was a life goal because this is a really short book it took a long time to get it short a lot of effort and and it's the culmination because it's great to polish your linkedin profile and it's great to do the other things. but if you executive especially franchise owners and executives and and business owners and sales people, people that are like, go, 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 get this done, done, done. You get in there, get something done that's of value and that's gonna make something measurable happen for them and meaningful happen for them. And get in, and get out, and get on with your life and your business and the next thing, then that's something that I think people will say, Yeah, I'll invest, you know, nine ninety five for the book so I can take it on the plane or I'll invest 20 minutes to make this update to my profile so that I can get on with this five-minute drill. Um, And I actually sent you uh, the five-minute drill outline. Call me crazy or not well behaved, but the five-minute outline is right in the front of the book. It's the first thing that we give people. Because if you've already got everything done and you sort of know LinkedIn, but you're like, what's the five-minute drill? You can go in and read it. It's too bad. And put the book back on the shelf. And if you've got it.
1: Okay. Um, so that brings you, one one question to my mind. And do you yeah. know what that question is? Ray, do you know what the question that's on my mind?
2: No, I don't. I'm not, I'm
1: not <laughs> wow. in your mind today for some reason. Too blank. Elizabeth, <laughs> do you know what the question is on my
2: mind?
3: I do not know what the question is on your mind, <laughs> All right. What is the question?
2: All right. I think you have to look it up. <laughs> so,
1: these are all books that have been given to me by guests, and and they've all been signed by the author. So does that give you a hint of when what my question is?
4: Can I can
1: I send you one? <laughs> now we're getting there. Now don't Ray and Elizabeth feel silly not knowing that question?
0: <laughs> oh, gee, Fred, uh,
4: I don't know. I actually already have envelopes your name on it. And I, I've got about 15 envelopes already addressed with. Um, look at me, Fred. I've got hey. about 15 envelopes already addressed to my best friends in business, the people that
0: <laughs>
4: my business forward. And you did. Mm-hmm. I remember when Mike and I were first, um, you know, wrote our first book, Rock the World with the Online Presence, your ticket to a multi-platinum LinkedIn profile. Mike O'Neill, LinkedIn Rockstar, real tickets. Those were his ticket stubs on the front of the book.
0: Mm-hmm. Right?
4: And and you brought us into Chicago and helped us, help, um, you know, get us known in the business network there and stuff. And you made a difference in, in our business uh, there and and expanding outward. You never know how far that ripple goes, right? And um and you you already addressed the this is literally the only book I have.
0: <laughs> All right,
1: if I have I to go new, off screen. You
0: know, order Amazon, because I'm blushing.
1: <laughs> you made me blush. Now I'm, I I must not be seen on screen blushing. So give me a minute here. Oh
0: we're back. <laughs> I love you. I, love I will you. say,
1: you know, you're talking about slurring. At least you have a reason for that, because there's way too many people I meet. Got no reason for the slur. Ray, ask a question.
0: <laughs> question.
2: Okay, uh, Lori. I don't know. Did did Fred do a proper introduction of you? I mean, I mean, we know your name.
0: Oh. You know,
2: and we know you're connected with uh, LinkedIn, but tell us more about yourself.
4: Okay, that's a, that's a great question. You know, I um, I help people uh, find the people that they're looking for. So a lot of times, um, an executive or recruiter or somebody, many business owner may be looking for. Um, for the um, how do I say this? Maybe looking for um, the next executive that they want to bring into the business, right? All so might be looking for a chief marketing officer, or they might be looking for a director of marketing to work under their chief marketing officer, and they want to they want to find somebody with the skills they need that that will not only fill a void that they have. Um, but will also have a good cultural fit, right? So um, my co-author, for example, put five people in front of the CEO and the CEO and a, and a couple of the other executives were going to meet the next day and the CEO had already made his decision. And here's how he made it. He went and looked those candidates up on LinkedIn and one of them put on his LinkedIn profile his growing up in the Eagle Scouts in, in Boy Scouts, and they he made Eagle Scouts. That CEO had also done the same thing. They said, "Oh, boom. Yeah. I mean, done. That there's no other discussion. Yeah. All all five of the candidates met the requirements of the job, but they both had that in common. That's I I understand this person. I mean, mm-hmm. Eagle Scouts and Boy Scouts. I mean, that's something huge in a person's life, right?" I, this is something that I can, I know I will be able to connect with this person and they'll understand me and how I work. Um, and, and so when you, if you don't put it on your LinkedIn profile, you won't, it, it doesn't count. You've never done it. Right. Right. Have to. So, so what I do is help people find who they are looking for. It might be a franchisee who's like, all right, I'm here. Put my hand up. I'm open. Come on. <laughs> well, maybe you need to, you know, kind of um, put some water in the well and kind of prime the pump a little bit, right? So go out into LinkedIn and find people that you've done business with before, people that you grew up with before, and let them know that you're here and just send out some messages, connect with them. Ask them for their help to invite other people to come with you to that business, whether it's a dry cleaner, whether it's a restaurant, whatever it is, right? And, and use, connect with people that will be not only customers but advocates for you because they know you from the past, like Fred and I know each other, right? Um, and then also, so not only just um, going out and finding people, now you're finding advocates, advocates are people who won't give up on you so say one of your employees was rude to somebody well that advocate isn't going to never come back again the advocate is going to give you a call or say look i I know i know the owner and i understand that you must be new or that maybe you're having a bad day why don't you um check in with your manager and and if you can take five.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> to, quote
4: a, to quote a, not to be forward there, but to quote the book. There's moments in here. You know, as you're building things and preparing for your five-minute drill, take five, go do this, see how it feels, and then come back, read, read the book again, and, and say, okay, now, this is what I said to do. Take five, go try it, and then come back and review it and say did that work the way you thought it should. A lot of people think I do LinkedIn or I do social media, but really what I do is I work with people and their brands to help them, their authentic self, more. their more authentic self than they even realize. That they are. People don't always recognize their true identity. And I help them portray that to their audience in a way that their audience will see how brilliant they are. And then say, wow, that's the place I need to go. That's the person I need to work with. And it'll grow and it'll build brand loyalty.
3: Well, and you know, what's interesting to me in reading over your five-minute drill, I used some of these same techniques. I did it on Twitter. Um, I wrote a book a few years ago about my um, divorce and online dates after that. And, and it was a humorous book. So I engaged on the Huffington Post page on Twitter. Um, and just one thing that people don't always understand is you don't just slap your links up there. Like, Hey, read my story. Hey, read my story. Hey, read my story. I got on, the, Hey, I, I hated that you went through that or I have a dissimilar experience too. what did you, how did you handle it? Or, and then every now and then I say, Oh, here's a story that's kind of like yours. And it was time consuming <laughs> to get that level of engagement. But I think I ended up having a blog on the Huffington post for five years because I engaged rather than just pitched. Right. Did you find that that's, that's what you're talking about in this story? You talk about liking and comments intelligent person, and, you know. Yeah. It's, exactly. it's more than the pitch. It's a, it, if you pitch, you're dead.
4: Yeah. Really. And you pitch enough, they will stop looking at you, period, mm-hmm. forget another chance. Because they'll just ignore you or, or block you or say, this doesn't interest me, and, it, and you'll stop showing up in their feed. Mm-hmm. Exactly said that It was time-consuming, and so this is a, a one-hour read, mm-hmm. but it, it, it'll probably take you 20 hours to prepare and get to the point where you've got that, that five-minute drill. And so candid kind of is when you get, you know, before you start in the morning, do these things, it'll take five minutes, or maybe three times a day, or before you go to lunch, or when you come back. And, and do that engagement because that makes you human. And like, I cannot, remember, but like people have figured out with COVID, there's a real person on the other side of that computer screen. Right now, we're talking in sync. I say something, you say something, by the way, I love what you just said. i on On the blog, on Twitter, that's asynchronous. You said something, they you reply, and and so you know the reason that the take fives are in here is you know we give people instructions like you know check your feed. So the first morning you might want to spend fifteen minutes checking the feed, seeing people that you know what are they saying. Go read what they. If there's a link there, go look at it. And and read it and comment there and then come back and comment on the on the post that they did so that you really get a feel for you know what does this feel like in person in live doing this. Just like when you first started business, you know, if you were in college and you did an internship or you first started and you know you went around with somebody to figure out how this job works. It was a little bit more time consuming, but if you can do, you know, that one step for a week, by the end of the week, you've got a feel for the flow. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. I can go, okay, they posted an article, and you go glance at it, and you scan the article, you get an ideal for this, what they wrote. You Make a comment, come back, make a comment. You can do two or three Post that have articles in two minutes. Um, because if you don't have a scan, you know, read for scams. If you don't, if you're not that fast, then just do one and make a post and, and comment on the post. But people see that you're not
3: just, hey, great post if you go in and actually scan, like you said, and pull out a little nugget somewhere from the article, then what you're doing is showing them that you took a minute, you read what they posted, you're engaging with their content, not just with them. And it's not all about you. And I think that's when people begin to trust you. Do you think that's true?
4: Yes, absolutely. The way that I became more connected and also that Mike and I became the top LinkedIn trainers and, 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 um, um, Superstars, we mm-hmm. LinkedIn trainers, but way back remember Fred when when it still hadn't been decided if it was um, social media or new media or what it was going to be called and what do we do with this whole LinkedIn thing? There's Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn, the social media and LinkedIn, and it was always and LinkedIn if they mentioned it right. And and it's even then though you you couldn't just talk about yourself. You didn't in a networking event, you couldn't there. So we would talk about other people and about the great content they had. And so we were known as people who knew all the other LinkedIn trainers. And sometimes people would ask me about somebody and I'd say, Did I have you seen me talk about them? And they'd say no. And I'd say there's a reason. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if I'm not talking about them and I'm not sharing their stuff. Um, I probably don't agree with what they wrote or their time. <laughs> right? Because um, I don't want to be disagreeable, and I'm not going to start an argument in in
0: Twitter or Facebook or anything. <laughs>
4: God, I used to love starting and arguments. Why I I you know leading up to this, um, I've been listening to the show and things, and and I'm still kind of I've got one more surgery coming up. I'm I'm still kind of getting my health completely back together again. I um, praise God for the healing that he's done in my life. But, um, you know, I've been listening to the shows and I fully intend to continue to share the show uh, both on Twitter and on, on LinkedIn because you guys put out great content. First of all, it's a lot of fun. And I, just, I think it's not fun. And um, and it, it, I, I remember the shows that you do when, with Mike uh, Bowler is standing there trying to, to uh, be interviewed by Mike Bowler without laughing because he was so big. And, um, uh, but we developed such a love, uh, and such a deep friendship with you guys. And, um, and it just seems so cool to be able to honor it again. Um, as I come back out and, and start to engage again. And, and what's neat is when I came back out, Started being active on Twitter and stuff. Again, I'm still one of the top 100 influencers and in online. Um, in in, um, oh, I forgot online something. But I'm yeah, like, okay. really? But people are still. If they stopped following just my business advice, and they started following me personally too. So as I continue to follow my personal journey and post that. People continue to follow me. I mean, I'm. I was shocked at how many have. And I, I guess I shouldn't be. Um, but when you go out and love people, they love you in return. That's right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. And on that note, we'll come back to the um, comment uh, earlier about selling as soon as um, you send your invite where they're actually now starting to send their invites and we'll come back to that in a bit. But for now we want to thank uh, Feedspot for listing us in the top 20 franchise podcasts you must follow in 2020. Ray, where are we ranked? Number
0: one. We are number one. Yay. Okay.
1: (laughs) Reminder that Caffeinated Connections is now virtual every Tuesday from 7.30 a.m. to 8.45 a.m. That's Pacific. So everybody Easter here, it isn't as nearly god-awful in the morning as it is for me. So (laughs) come have coffee with me on Tuesday, and I'll crack you up. Now word from a sponsor.
5: Hey, franchise owners. How is your local marketing? Do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews? Do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new movements to your local area? At Westvine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, ad placement, and customer data intelligence,
3: The Franchise Woman is a bi-monthly digital magazine that empowers women as they navigate the franchising industry by providing relevant news, tools, advice, and inspiration. We are a resource for women who are seeking to own their own businesses, improve their existing businesses, find creative solutions, and take advantage of franchise opportunities. We feature women in the business who best exemplify our ideals and have something to teach our readers. In addition to our exclusive articles relating to the female entrepreneur, We also feature brands that are geared for women. Women have become the fastest growing sector in business ownership and have become a powerful, influenceable force fueling the economy. The Franchise Woman will give you the news that is relevant to you to help you navigate the path of successful franchise ownership. By women, for women, and about women. We are The Franchise Woman. Join us today at www.thefranchisewoman.com.
1: And we're... Back with our guest Laurie Ruff and my co-host Ray Pillar In case anybody who wonders where the name came from Of (laughs) Pillars of Franchising Hmm, where do you think it came from Ray? Uh,
2: You know, I've been trying to figure that out for a while So why don't you tell me?
1: (laughs) Yeah, who knows, I was wandering around one day and went Hmm, there's Pillars in that building, let's build it No, never mind (laughs) And my co-host, Elizabeth Denham. And so I've noticed in LinkedIn a lot lately, it's gotten bad where I'm getting invites and they're selling me in the invite. And I recently had somebody that um, in their LinkedIn title, it said that um, they help uh, win business with uh, for small businessmen without any added time or money. Now, when I hear that, I hear you're going to send me clients and I don't have to do, put in any money or any time. in to me, that's what that sounds. And so I asked them about that. And the person got very, very defensive to the point where I got told, well, I don't have to, I don't have to prove myself. And I'm like, dude, this is in your LinkedIn profile. If you're saying you can't if you can't defend that, you're full of BS at which point he got thrown in the trash and but why is it that who's teaching these people to sell in the initial invite?
4: You know, I I saw people doing selling that stuff way back in two thousand eleven and twelve and, and telling people to put keywords in the name field which is Hey, God, please don't do it. LinkedIn will shut down your profile and you'll lose it. Literally, they'll close it. And you have to start all over again because it's a violation of rule number 8.9 of the end user license agreement. Actually, how I know that one real well. 8.9? Um, it, 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 it says you shall put nothing in your name field other than your natural name and any lettered credentials, C H C. MD whatever, and and that's because LinkedIn has never wanted to be a used car sale lot, you know, or or the the dregs of society sales pitches kind of stuff. And so when you find stuff like that um, and you report it, LinkedIn will go take a look at it. Um, You know, uh, it's it's really you have to be really really careful. Um, about doing that or or you're gonna get shut down so that profile very long and if you reported it um I think it doesn't it doesn't take very many I think it takes three reports for them to physically a human go look at that profile and find out what's going on with it or if people are people reporting it no so I was
1: just happy calling them a bs person then blocking them I proved my point but yeah eight point nine.
2: That's scary. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ray, you
0: yeah.
1: got one? You
2: got a question? I do. I do. <laughs> I'm not thinking about LinkedIn. LinkedIn's been around for a long time. Yeah. And uh, I start to get involved with LinkedIn uh, when I was looking for a job. And uh, yeah. at, that, at that time, it was pretty much strictly, a, a, you know, you posted on LinkedIn if you wanted a job. Uh, but what what mm-hmm. I'm thinking, though, about, you know, I, it's obviously evolved quite a bit. and It's changed a lot. Um, I was a member of the local job club, and there was a lady there, which reminds me a little bit of you. She was a matchmaker. <laughs> and I think that's what you're doing in reality is, is matching people who either have uh, talents that are needed or, or they, they fit some person personality profile, uh, and this, this lady was such an expert at this that uh, you sh- you'd go to the job club if you're looking for a job, and uh, you give your, your elevator speech, you stand up and give your elevator speech around the table, usually about 15 or 20 people there, and uh, uh, she would say, I know exactly where you need to go, and, you need- and here's this guy's name and phone number, and he's looking for this. And she would do that with just about everyone who gave an elevator speech at that table. And she was tremendous. It was all up in her head. And for some reason, she reminds me of you. Are you doing something similar in LinkedIn? No.
4: um, And and actually, it's it's interesting the way you describe LinkedIn, too, because LinkedIn was never made to be a job board. Uh, Mm -hmm. The creators of LinkedIn were executives at um paypal and yahoo and, and some other digital um uh, companies that came together and they were sitting in Reed hoffman's living room saying what are we going to do next and, and well i know this guy well i know this guy oh cool you know i need to talk to that guy so they're they're talking back and forth and realizing that they each know somebody that the other needs to know and they're networking and and they said hey we're all like two degrees from um, everybody, and they, they started um, collaborating and putting their heads together. And Constantine Garrett was in there, um, and they created LinkedIn. And, and way back in 2004, you could see four levels deep, but then as it grew, I couldn't imagine seeing four levels deep. Now the the programming and, and the the traffic and the how big your network would get, but, um, you know, it has, it has shifted and grown. Even their brand uh, mission statement changed and evolved to now, um, they've created an economic graph and if you, look at the economic graph. Now, um, I, I helped them announce that back in Raleigh in 2013, I think, um, you look up an economic graph now and it's going to own it. They wanna have the, if, if you look on LinkedIn, they wanna have every job represented, every skill represented to do those jobs, mm-hmm. every educational facility, university, um, college, uh, every every kind of, of job, uh, um, educational place to learn those skills, to do those jobs, and then the people. And, and so now you can, look at somebody on LinkedIn and say, hey, I, I want to be like Lori when I grow up. How did she mm-hmm. get... heaven haven't helped anybody who tries to figure that one out. You know, I want to be like, Ray, how did he get to be where he is? I want to be like, you know, I want to be the president of spheres if they're still in existence then. Programmer. <laughs> 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 I want to, you know, I want to do this. Yeah. And so you can look at somebody's career and now a lot of... um. A LOT OF uh, PLACES ARE LOOKING AT, YOU KNOW, THESE ARE SKILLS WE'RE GOING TO BE needed IN THE FUTURE, AND THESE ARE THE PEOPLE THAT HAVE THOSE JOBS NOW, AND HOW DID THEY GET THERE? AND THEY'RE REVERSE ENGINEERING THE CAREER PATH AND LOOKING AT WHAT ARE THE SKILLS THEY HAD TO HAVE IN COLLEGE AND AFTER, AND colleges are NOW STARTING TO DO THOSE, ADD THOSE AFTER SKILLS TO THE, TO THE CURRICULUM NOW IN ORDER TO MAKE SURE THAT PEOPLE HAVE THE RIGHT SKILLS THAT THEY NEED TO GET THERE. So it really has been so much more. And, and really I have a large network and I, I will match make for people. But if you look at your pillars of franchising, I'm much more about the brand. But I bring the brand to the beginning of the conversation because you've got to understand how people see you based on what they think they need, right? Just like you talked to me about being a networker, so I didn't do a very good job of introducing myself. I do challenge executives and people to redefine their potential and redefine how they represent themselves and find their networking so that they can find the people that they're looking for and find the resources that they need to reach the goals that they say they want to reach in their in their business. Um, I do uh, influence graphs for people uh, around their brand so they can see who their true audience is and who the who their advocates will be. Sometimes it's their customer. Most of the time it's their customers, but there are also other people. Like your mother will always be your advocate. I hope. Um, yeah, but there are other people who are not your audience, not your customers, that will also be advocates. For example, if you're um, if you're a, somebody who helps people get started in business, you might not, you know, think about this, but all the CPAs in the area could potentially bring you business because people that go to a CPA or they're talking to a CPA about potentially starting a business, potentially going with a franchise, or uh, somebody that could refer business to you and become an advocate. And then there are influencers. So who else do your customers listen to? For example, I'm on your podcast today because I know a lot of people who are going to be, you know, interested in buying a book, LinkedIn, The Five-Minute Drill for Executive Networking Success, and who may want to follow me and, you know, find out what I'm going to be up to in the next, a um, few months, and then a the few months after that, and then a the few months after that, as I continue to heal, um, I'm working with with brands on on again trying to figure out what, why am I not connecting with my customers? A great example is a gentleman who does programming. Um, he helps clients get in the cloud, and I said, "So tell me a little bit about your clients, you know, transitioning." Literally from Lotus 123, still, right? Brad, I, I need, oh. I need to buy a chair. I didn't know people were still using that, but you know, this. I mean, old, old technology. He's trying to help them get in the cloud and find security. And I said, well, do they know what a cloud is? <laughs> I said. What, uh, so let me take a look at the LinkedIn profile. So we looked at the LinkedIn profile. We're going to try not to get bombed by a cat here, um, but the dude is pretty cool. Um, so but he's been bed, so we're, 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 we'll see. Um, but we looked at his LinkedIn profile and he's got all these fancy words about the cloud and about the security and about all the benefits of, of we're going to get bombed by a cat. Uh, about all the things that he does and and he had not one word about the programs that his clients use not lotus not um harvey graphics not not even windows 10 um or any kind of uh, of data backup or anything and i said well how are your clients going to find you this is the dude He's a three-legged, 13-year-old cat who um, loves me because I grow him, in, and he, um, he snuggles with me when I have migraines. Mm-hmm. And at various times during the day, usually as it gets close to five o'clock and it's time to feed him. Anyway, I tried to feed him earlier, but the whole routine of getting up in the didn't really, I guess, he's still under the routine. Um, maybe he'll just lay down. Um, so. pillars pillars of the cat. The, something is there, right? So how are people going to find you if you are not using the same language that they are?
0: Mm-hmm.
4: So even if you don't like those things that they're using and you're trying to get them away from those things that they're using, you have to use those words that they're using in order for them to find you. And you have to say, I can help you get out of the old technology into the new technology in a more secure fashion with an on-site backup and an off-site backup. A backup in the cloud, like on an Amazon server, or, you know, and put it in language that they understand. He started doing that, and he said, all right, I'll try it. I'll try it with my old, <laughs> this is how much he was, like, advancing. Talking about old technology, I'll try it with my old job um, description, my old company, and see how it goes. The day he put it up, he changed his old. The very, that very day, he got seven people that reached out to him to ask him if they could help him. this very day, yeah. and, and he uh, called me back and he said, "Can you help me change my LinkedIn profile?" I said, "You know." I've been having a lot of migraines lately. Let me let me hook you up.
0: somebody
4: <laughs> right. uh, Somebody's helped me, right? So, um, you know, it, it's it's, uh, but it's really that's that's what really rocks my world now. You know, helping people see things in a new way because this is a new world. Everything is online and you have to recognize who the people are that you want to reach and you need to speak to them in a way they understand. Why mm-hmm. you're gonna be hurting for work.
1: crap, I was just getting used to the old world. Oh well. So on <laughs> that note, we're gonna go for a commercial, uh, take our last commercial break. Uh Uh, But as a quick shout-out, want to thank Mr. Michniak, who was watching online, for his good comments. And I was remiss last week that I, in fact, forgot to mention – my bad – I forgot to mention that last week was one of our past guests, Eileen Proctor, VP of Franchise Development for Centown. It was her birthday. So if you're Mm -hmm. listening – Go to Eileen's um, LinkedIn profile and wish her a happy belated birthday. That ought to freak her out.
2: (laughs) Ever wonder how successful business people get educated about franchise business options? The Franchise Consulting Company is a group of over 100 franchise professionals with more than 2,000 years of franchise experience. We help our clients select and investigate franchise companies. And like a realtor, our services are free of charge to you. Our fees are paid by the seller. Reach out to us to learn more and get a free copy of The Franchise MBA, the number one bestseller and highest reviewed book on Amazon in the franchise category. Our website is thefranchiseconsultingcompany.com or feel free to call us on 800-321-6072.
1: And we're back, and oh, here it is. Almost lost it. So, nope, wrong book.
0: <laughs> ah,
1: got so many books. Got no clue where. To, oh wait, maybe this is it. Yeah, here we go. Uh there we go. Whoa, God. Mm, there we go. The franchise MBA. Uh, last time Nick was on the show, he upped the the ante. Not only if you come to the Pillars of Franchising site, the form. Not only will you get the wonderful book, you will also get. Free virtual reality gear. We haven't quite figured out how to broadcast in VR, but I am working on it.
3: <laughs> I'm sure you are, Fred. <laughs> Good luck with
2: that. <laughs> well, one thing I like about Fred—he dances like nobody's looking.
3: <laughs> he does.
2: Fred doesn't care
1: because <laughs> if they're looking, as I as I told a friend of of. Um, Lori's and I Mitchell one day one day uh, I said to him we said are we going to go through all this and and do all this connecting and and I said that's up to you but if you do it's your problem because it ain't my problem if you're connected to me that's your problem and he chuckled (laughs) he'll actually be on in a couple of weeks um so Elizabeth go for it
3: okay um Lori I had a question this is um a little bit shifting into personal question but um I have a blog or a website called the gift of the struggle mm-hmm. because I feel like when you go through things that are difficult in life and we all do in different ways. Um, sometimes you can't always see it when you're going through it, but there's usually a gift. Always there's a gift at the end, whether it's a lesson that you've learned or I, you've, you've kind of touched on it a couple of times, your personal engagement on your personal social media, you know, kept going after you step back from business and it's still there for you when you come back into the, more public space again. Um, so, so, what do you think in the struggles that you've had over the last few years? What are what are some of the greatest gifts that you've seen come forward?
4: You know, that's a great question. Um, and I I, um, I recently was asked um, if if I because um, I you know what are you going to be doing in in here? And I'm like. I couldn't see it you know Mm
0: -hmm.
4: I couldn't see I I was just still kind of caught right where it was Mm -hmm. and he turned the question around and he said well in a year or three years um, imagine yourself there he said so wait a minute he said hold on he said imagine a year from now and you're standing there, and we're having this conversation again, but it's been the best year of your life. Mm-hmm. Now, January of 2011, um, it struck me in July of 2010, but January 2011, I was told I had rheumatoid arthritis. It was incurable. And it was also incredibly aggressive with me, And I thought. Oh, my God,
0: mm-hmm.
4: um, and in January, 2011 was, at that time, the worst year of my life. And then in 2012, um, uh, somebody I know, I was with him uh, at his home, and I found his dad. a mm-hmm. hung up in his dad, and he tried to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. It was in July, and then in October, my dad died. And so 2012 became the worst year of my life.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: And then and I continued to struggle. The thing is, people were always kind to of me because they could see my walking stick, they could see the pain, um, you know, my wheelchair. And so they were kind to of me. There's so many people that hurt that much, but you can't see it um, because they can hide it very well. And so people aren't as kind to them, but, um, but then, in um, 2017, when I went on the absence, it was such a struggle to, to recognize that it wasn't just going to be a few weeks or a couple of months. It took me six months before I was sitting down with my mom and I asked her what was for lunch. And I realized that was the first question of the day. And it wasn't about about business or about medical stuff. Um, but um, 2018 opened with me learning that my position had been terminated and so I had no job to go back to. I found that out on the day that I knew I needed to take my husband to to the emergency room because he was jaundiced. Um, My job ended on January 15th and my husband came home from the hospital on January 16th I was in a wheelchair full-time. They thought, the insurance company, thought that that was a safe home environment to come home to. He died on the 30th. The deer died two weeks later. The dog died on
0: March 23rd.
4: I was taken to the hospital for malnourishment on the July 4th. I'm pretty much kind of conveying that 2018 was the worst year of my life. And, and I was like, I knew the, the person that could like, and take it and move on and continue for some reason, all of a sudden I couldn't anymore. And somebody described to me what's called the hurt pocket, that especially people that, you know, try to tend to be upbeat. There's a pocket in our heart that you take it and tuck it away, you tuck it away, you tuck it away, but at some point that pocket fills up and you can't, it just all comes out. And that's what happened in 2018. And so the the gift though, um, I went to a prayer conference after I got out of the hospital and rehab and started getting my strength back. Somebody drove me and, and that um, kind of renewed, gave me a new, um, like I was talking about for, your business and for looking at your clients and talking to your customers and reaching them in a way that they would recognize you, that prayer conference gave me a new way to recognize my faith and my relationship with God,
0: my relationship
4: with Jesus, and my relationship with the Holy Spirit that lives inside me. And then, um, in 2000, the end of 2018, I moved into a new apartment, and I just had infection after infection. I've been sick, like, like, okay, I'm done being sick. Yeah, But through all that, the prayer and the learning about Scripture and having the pages of the Scripture get up off the page and dance with me when I was alone and discouraged and... So I couldn't go and, and having God say, I will hold you in my righteous right hand, idea 41, nine and 10, I'll hold you and not let go. And, and so now coming out of all of that, this is gonna sound, I had to tell you all of that to say that now the answer to that question to go through all that and be asked that the potential, that the best year of my life might be in front of me. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, this year,
4: my daughter um, moved to North Carolina, but she and I have this amazing relationship we never had before. She's also um, learning to be a prayer warrior and, and um, so we have that one on the same class uh, in, a, in a call, and, and um, my health is improving, and I'm moving back into the um, business environment, but slowly, step-by-step step in a way um, so I can recognize true opportunities that are gems that are gifts that i can give sort of the so the limited energy that i have right now i can really take advantage of giving a gift to somebody that needs it or to make a difference in the world right and and in the meantime the books will do the rest my co-author is amazing joe frankie and i have other people that the words put in my path that are learning to do what i've done that are fantastic um and i'm I'm helping just a couple of people at a time and i'm enjoying it and so the gift is that i'm really confident that god has for me the best year of my life somewhere ahead of me um yeah
3: It's a it's a beautiful place to arrive, don't you think? When you have that hope, I mean that's what it's all about. Yeah.
2: It's amazing how one begins to feel
0: once
4: they realize that God is in control. Exactly. And and the dude I I adopted him in November of 2016, just before all of that started. He's got three legs and he has stomatitis. active infection in his mouth, and I thought, well, I'm, I'm working a great job. I can take care of a old cat, and when I have a migraine, he'll he so won't mind, you know, laying with me. He's not going to be playing. He's pretty good at playing, though. He can tear, tear across the carpet really fast. But we got that stone with Hyde taken care of, and I groom him every day, and so we've got a real special relationship, and he's a real gift. Um, okay. And he
0: had heart trouble, and
1: we're running yeah. out of time, folks. So Ray, <laughs> get your last question in there.
0: Okay. So
2: quickly, Laurie, uh, what message do you feel that people need to hear? And you know, short as possible, need to hear from your visiting with us today. And how can they find out more about that? You know, how can they how can they contact you?
4: Well, I thank you. I gave. Uh, I sent you uh, the five-minute draw outline, and um, and so my contact information will be available on your show page.
2: Right.
4: My I'm easy to find on LinkedIn too. LoriRef.com <laughs> Com goes to LinkedIn to my profile. But I want I want you to think about your pillars and improving the brand is pillar number five. That means improving right. the brand is pillar number five. Starting with the brand is is at the beginning and making sure that you know who you're who you're talking to and that they're going to hear what you're able to say make sure you, you know who your customers are and what they that you speak the same language as them I think that's the most important thing um and then that um five minute drill outline that i sent you guys have been reading off of That'll be available on your show page as well for people to download. Um, but I'd love for them to buy the book, 5-Minute Drill, uh, LinkedIn, 5-Minute Drill for Executive Networking Success, everywhere. ebooks, uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books a Million, it's available everywhere. And let me know if you'd like a 5-Minute Drill for franchisees or for students. We're going to be doing more of these. And uh, I'm looking forward to
3: hearing from anybody that has a question.
2: Thank you, Lori. All, all right. Fantastic guest.
3: Thank you very Absolutely. much. Thank you so much for sharing all that.
2: You've talked, you. Ray, more
1: about LinkedIn in the last hour than I have in the last nine years, but that's beside the point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> Thanks to Lori Ruff, our guest, and my co host, Ray Piller, and Elizabeth Denham. This has been my favorite song. <laughs> <laughs>
0: The pillars, the of the